from Genesis and from Titus this morning. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower they were, the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And from Titus, For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they're disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of Crete's own prophets has said it. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those that reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for, any, for doing anything good. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Communication, confusion, corruption, people getting out of their comfort zones, moving furniture around and setting things in different places and getting into new rooms and doing new things. Everybody gets uneasy. What's everybody jiggling for? squirming in your seats. You know, love is about communication. Love between families, loved ones within the church, between parents and children. It is important. It is needed. We continue in our study of the seven C's of history. Information I'm pulling from the answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum. We've already looked at creation we looked at corruption, catastrophe, and today, confusion. Anyone confused yet? Why the pastor's down so close? And you're going to be more confused as time goes on because the church isn't going to look the same as what you once seen. There will be things changed. There's going to be new people. Ten new members. A couple of weeks ago, we're going to have new members coming. 
Are you prepared for that? Are you really prepared to have your pew get a little fuller? Well, the Lord's working. I have a couple teenagers that have friends at school, and in a whim of a moment, they can make a few texts, few calls, and and at one evening, after all day long at school with a track meet, that was a track meet going that long, and the coach is even here. Good to see you, Coach Russell. You survived. I know why you're so skinny, running back and forth. My goodness. And on top of that, of all people, he's got this box of coffee and goodies that he's running around the field delivering. I was like, he needs an assistant. He needs help. But 40-some kids coming to the parsonage last night. Can you imagine, boys, you'd get them all coming to be part of our youth group? We need more, we'd need more youth leaders. We need more space. They'd be filling up all those classrooms. How awesome would that be? And I'm like, Nathan, I'm just surprised. How could all these kids not already have something scheduled on their Saturday night? And he's like, they just don't. They, they need a good place to go. They need good friends to invite them to do good, wholesome, fun, just gathering activities. I'm thankful that our place can be a place for them to gather. Reminds me of a story about a girl potato and a boy potato. They had eyes for each other. And finally they got married and they had a sweet potato, which they called yam. Of course they wanted the very best for yam. And when it was time, they told her all about the facts of life They warned her about what is going on and getting out into the world and getting half-baked. They didn't want her to go and get accidentally mashed. They didn't want her to get a bad name for herself like hot potato. They didn't want her to end up with a lot of tater tots. But on the other hand, they didn't want her to stay home and become a couch potato either. So she got plenty of exercise to stay almost skinny like her cousins, the shoestrings. But you know, when she went off to Europe, Mr. and Mrs. Potato told Liam to watch out. Watch out for the hard-boiled guys from Ireland, the greasy guys from France called French fries. And Liam said that she would stay on the straight and narrow and wouldn't associate with those high-class Yukon Golds or the ones on the other side of the tracks who advertise their trade on all these trucks that say Frito-Lay. Mr. and Mrs. Potato sent Yam to Idaho Potato University so that when she graduated, she'd be really in all the chips. But in spite of all that they did for her one day, Yam came home, and she announced she was going to marry Tom Brokaw. Of all people, she's going to marry Tom Brokaw. And Mr. and Mrs. Potato were very upset, and they told her, you cannot marry Tom Brokaw. 
And she's like, why not? I love him. And they said, honey, he's just a common tater. He's just a common tater. Communication. Communication. Without it, there's a lot of confusion, right? Communication is very, very important. I don't know who wrote that tater story, but it was good. The Tower of Babel sounds like a bunch of two-year-olds after Jesus got involved. At first glance, you'd think it was a good thing. Everyone wanted to get closer to God. They wanted to understand God more. But that wasn't the case, was it? As it says in verse 4, they are self-centered, thinking of themselves, saying, come, let's build ourselves. Let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Yes, these people, they were smart, they were intelligent, they could plan, they could design, they had the things and resources they need. They were big and they were strong. They had determination. They had drive. They were active. They had enthusiasm. But it began to get them in trouble because the sin of pride, the sin of arrogance, the sin of attitude. The look at me, look at me again. Hey, did you see me doing this? Did you see me doing that? Because that's what they said in verse 4. Build ourselves and make a name for ourselves. They came self-focused, inner-focused, in one location, one spot. And these were the descendants of this great man, Noah. Noah was found by God to be righteous and blameless. But here, just a, here, his relatives grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Now in a short time after the flood, these descendants of this righteous and blameless man are disobedient as ever. They not only decided to build a city and tower, but they decided to stay in one place. And that was disobedience in and of itself because God did not want them staying in one place. He was back to going all the world. Go forth. To Noah, these descendants of his, they were to spread out. They weren't to stay in one place, but they decided to. They just said, hey, look at this big, big plain, flat area. It has all these resources. This is a place for us to stop, to build a tower, and to build a city. Let us make bricks. Let us get the tar. Let's start building. Now, as men and women, we all try to make ourselves a little bigger. And when we're younger, we want to be a little older. We want to be a little taller. We want to have a little more age. We want to be a little more buff or bigger in size. You remember growing up like that? You know, when you're young, you're, you, you might be 10, but you say, hey, I'm going to be 11 soon. If you're 17, you say, hey, I'm going to be 18 real soon. If you're 4'10", you just say, hey, I'm, I'm five foot and I'm, I'm going higher. 
You know, the guy, the guy is 6'6", six, six, says, hey, I'm almost 7 foot. You know, we just like to stretch things, don't we? Bigger than what we are. And you know what I'm saying. Human pride has its roots all the way back to the beginning, to this tower, to Noah, to Adam and Eve. You know, the games that kids play nowadays may be a little different than what you and I played. One game that I really enjoyed was King of the Hill. Didn't matter what the hill was made out of. Hay bales, round bales, up in the barn, the barn loft. Maybe just the regular hill out in the yard. It might not have been a very big hill, but if it was a hill and you're on top, you're king of the hill. Maybe it was a junk pile or whatever you played on. But to be king of the hill, what did you have to do? You have to protect your hill. You have to knock them down, push them down. Don't let everyone get up on top of that hill. Stay on top. Keep everybody else down. Do whatever you need to do. You know, the Egyptians, the pharaohs, longing for lasting fame, they had statues made of themselves. And they had slaves build these pyramids. The people in Greece... They went about building blocks of knowledge and created all these so-called smarts. Knowledge. It's even said, and I quote, I quote, if men knew enough and had a taste for beauty, man would be exalted and life would be complete. End quote. You know, the military empires through the ages have built bricks, ships, iron, weapons. Scripture tells us about those early on empires. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, and Rome. The pride was in their power. And the pride and power, it came and it went in a matter of time. Even over the last 150 years, material resources and science and inventions mobilization, military advancements, and atomic energy is where it is at the fingertips of men and women full of everything but godly wisdom and godly desire. The sin of pride and power became the obsession of Noah's descendants. Is it in the church? Is it in our pews? Is it in our hearts? sin of pride and power is it an obsession God would not and did not and does not put up with disobedience sinful prideful power hungry people period verse 5 says the Lord came down and that is no different than when a parent yells don't make me come down there don't make me come outside to get you and we all know if mama has to go outside or if mama has to go to the room upstairs, basement, or wherever it is. Or if you get called down to the school office, mama's going to be there. And there's going to be some discipline one way or another. So you can imagine, if the Lord has to come down there. You better believe there's going to be some discipline. There's going to be some changes. And he's going to set some things straight. Amen. As it says in verse 6, what the Lord was seeing as people was the willful sinfulness of humanity. As the Lord said, if, 
as one people speaking the same language. They have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God knew what he created. And God knew that he had instilled within us, the people, great knowledge and abilities in the image of God the Father. God knew that as he created these people that they were smart and they were intelligent. And that was part of his plan. That was his desire. desire. And he knew that they could plan. He knew they could design. He knew they were healthy and strong and big. And they had determination and enthusiasm and drive. God knew all this. But there in verse 7, God said, let us. Us being God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It was the whole team. Three and one, they's all in it. Let us together change the language, putting a stop to this humanness, the human plan for a city, a tower that would be built up to heaven. This is a divine act of God himself. He set this in motion, this confusion, this division, this troubling time, this strangeness, this hostility that began, God began for people to become their own nations, to have their own languages, to have their own stories. But yet, because they came from Noah, you can look up through every um, nation, race, people, they, they all go back to some story about a flood. I don't know all the details. That's not my specialty, but you can read more about it at Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum because that's their passion. You know, digging into those type of things. Check it out for yourself sometime. But let's think about it for a moment. What happens when you are around people that speak another language? You can't understand them. You begin to look around. Anybody know what they're saying? You try not to stare, but you notice they not only speak different, but they look different. You may get a little scared. You may get a little defensive, and sometimes you may even feel a little alienated. Maybe you're the odd man out. Maybe they're looking at you. What, what are you doing here? So the confusion wouldn't turn into some riot or some violence. What does the Lord do? He doesn't leave them there all squabbling and babbling like a bunch of two-year-olds. He begins to scatter them and place them around the world in different places. And that was part of his plan. The Lord scattered them. We hear of people who are a transplant from one part of the country to another part. We hear about how it's not easy being a transplant to go into some areas and some parts of even this country of the United States. But what God did here was definitely a transplant, moving people from one place to another. The languages became their own, and they began to call that place home. You know, if you ever, back in the olden days, you know, 20 years ago, when everybody had their own little uh, Tom Tom or Garmin, 
you remember getting that program and getting it in your car and it's just the greatest thing you know and then but every every year or so you'd have to buy another download or something plug in there to update the maps but you know you, you remember that 20 or 30 different languages you could pick from and you remember the voices maybe some woman or a man or some you know some of our kids you know direction things now I've got a mouse, no, a cat, meow, or, or they got a cow that moves, and different, you know, all, all kinds of things like that. But here we are today. You know, no human pride or power can climb, build, or become equal to God's judgment or truth. God's eternal and everlasting plan with moral principles cannot will not, will never be manipulated by people or the things of this earth. So as we think about these things today, is there confusion going on in your life? What is the confusion? What is that state? What is the cause? Maybe you're not even quite sure why all this is happening. I invite you Turn to the Lord today. Pray. And pray some more. Find that person in the church or family member, that Christian, Sunday school teacher or pastor. Talk with them. Pray with them. I want to stop there for today. But we will continue on over the next few services looking at Christ and the cross and consummation and we'll continue on our journey let us pray Father God we will not be able to do ministry without your leading and without your direction we cannot do what you want done if you are not first in our lives for if we have power or pride or desire first before us, Lord, we will not accomplish the ministry that is before us. Lord Jesus, I pray that we have our focus upon you. I pray that our prayers would be for the Holy Spirit to lead us as a body. Just as the Apostle Paul gave advice on how we are to be strong, he said, finally, finally, church, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So I pray that we can eliminate the confusion, that we can understand you fully, Lord, and that we can see clearly the ministry that is before us and those who deed ministered unto in the name of Jesus Christ for his glory, and for your kingdom, now and forever. Amen.